Hello and welcome to the Cinema One podcast. My name is Mark Waldridge. You sound like a spastic. <laughs> you sound you sound like you don't. Hi, I am Mark. How are you today? It's like you know, you know when you start a podcast, right? Like you when you're yeah. when you're an amateur podcaster and you just think that the sound of your voice is funny and like talking is funny because it's been recorded. It's like a kid with a with a camera, like a, a point and shoot camera, right? Oh my god! You start running around, it's like I can zoom in. This is, and then you just start zooming in on people's face. This is mm. how I learned cinematography. Right. I I found an old camera of mine. Yeah. And I recorded myself. Yeah. And it's the fucking funniest thing to me because I'm just such. I'm like 10 years old and mm. I'm a child and mm. I just, it's so stupid. Mm. Mm, that was the same with me. Talk about cameras. Like you were a cinematographer for Incognito, weren't you? That is, that is correct. Yes. Um, what was your that thought? That was a really good segue, by the way. <laughs> 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 well, we had the flow, man. We had the flow. We, we had start, to ruin it. Just start the podcast normally. <laughs> and, uh, we did start it. No, you did cameras. You started they were talking like- Hi, welcome to the Sin One podcast. Um, my name is, is Christian Rudd. I'm your not host. This is Mark Waldridge, your host. How are you, Mark? I'm good. How are you, Christian? I'm good. What am I, chopped liver? Well, Beck is just here. Rebecca, the producer executive as well, is, is here. Yeah. Hi, Beck. Hi. How you going? Um, how are you? I'm great. You're great? That's good. I'm Christian, how are you? F- good, f- man. Good. Yeah. Good. No, just kind of vibing, you know. No, it's good. Um, could you just let the audience know who you are and what your role is for Incognito? Yeah, so my name is, is Christian Rudd. I was the cinematographer on uh, Incognito. Yeah. I was also, I'm also color grade in the film, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And a little bit of co-editing. A little bit of co-editing. Um, I, I also, just a general pain in the ass to work with, so, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no, not at not all. Not at all. No, no, no. I and Rebecca, because you're here, could you just let the audience know who, who you are and what your role is? Um, I'm Rebecca. I'm producing Incognito, and it's great. I'm really just here for the ride for this one. Mm. We just had a screen of the film. We're talking about uh, we're mm. in the we're in the post production phase, so we're just talking about how we can we can improve the film, make it better. Yeah, mm. we're in, we've got reshoots coming up soon, and uh, just yeah, watching other film many times to see how we can make the story the best it can be, while making sense, but also not spoon feeding the audience, as yeah. we like to say. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun line to walk. Very fun line. I'm I'm really happy with how it's turning out though. I do. Oh, I absolutely. Do. I think I think because um, we've watched the, so we, you've had a rough cut now, hey? For oh, this is the, we just watched the second rough cut, then yeah. we'll be onto the third rough cut. Yeah, from yeah. Now. So so after watching the first one, there was a few things we had, a few problems we had with it, and after this one, I thought um, it was way better. Like mm. I thought it was leagues better, and and also the music's helping a lot as well. Yeah, of course. Thank you to Zelman shit for doing the music. Um, but yeah, um, legend. The good thing Shout about out. it so far is that, um. Yeah, like I've only done very minor tweaks to the edit mm. and it's improved significantly. Mm. So something we've done right early on is has been worth it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I Getting think into the race. Absolutely. Like, what is it? It's been about two years we've been working on this, right? I mean right yeah, I wrote it for about two years. Another yeah. we've been working on it for almost a year. Since like mm. shooting. Since shooting. Like yeah, shooting. Yeah. Mm. If you start, if you talk about pre-production, yeah, talk we started pre-production yeah. this time last year. Yeah. I mean, this uh, script, its early days, was in a editing booth. It was in tape. Yes, we are uh, where we, we started. That's we, how did, it was born. We, we skipped that on, and this is bad because I'm the cinematographer. We skipped that on camera class. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> it was we, literally on the last camera. class. It was one of the last had. camera class. So we had nothing to do, so we just went to an editing room and pretended we were editing and color grading, but we were actually just talking about how to make this film. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It's like mm. you guys were in that. 
booth yeah. and I walk up and I'm you, like, what's happening here? Yeah, we, we and get I'm in like, the booth. We're talking about camera when we're actually talking about the film. Yeah. I had yeah. the rough script already done and then we started fleshing out more ideas. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I was kind of born. Yeah. yeah. And I sort of stumbled into the room and be like, oh, I want to and see po- what this we're missing, is. Yeah. In this podcast, we're missing Oscar. We should call Oscar on the podcast. Well, what see. time is it in Germany? I don't know. I don't Oscar, know. Oscar's is he currently asleep? in... Who cares? Kevin. <laughs> no, um, Oscar that. Hannington is this guy... Who we're, he's we're been on the with. podcast before. Just yeah. go back yep. like Avatar five episodes. Guy. He's yeah. been there. Oscar loves the Eternals. Just watch, listen to that one. Mm. Eternals. No, don't listen yes, to the, listen Eternals. to James pitching James Cameron's Avatar two. That one Best is fantastic. Wait, we got to do number three actually. He liked Eternals. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. He, he liked Month, Eternals. Years, oh, when it was like announced, yeah. we talked about it, and then he was disappointed. Well, yeah. not disappointed. Hey, Eternals was a good movie. It was alright, and I'm saying that just because Gemma Chan and. Richard Madden are really hot. I still, I still reckon it would have been a better TV show, to be honest. Definitely, absolutely. I said that when we yeah, walked right. out of so the did cinema. I. So did I. And you were like, "No." I didn't. Say, I said <laughs> I agree no. with you from the start that it would be a better. Okay, whatever. A you better say. TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Yeah. It's like a Loki. If they did it like Loki, yeah, yeah. that would have been fucking amazing. There's just amazing. so many characters. And yeah. Stuff. Anyway, we. We're derailing. Anyway. Derailing. We talked about editing to then beginning Tangent. from the video to Tan- now. Yeah. Tangent. Tangent. Going to the, yeah, yeah. Eternals. It's but just... what we're actually talking about today is cinematography. Indeed. Yes. And Christian, you were the cinematographer, of course. My first question for you was what made you want to be a part of Incognito? Uh, mostly because uh, Mark told me he wanted to be a part of I was. Incognito. I was going to say without the part of... Me telling you I wanted you to be, uh, wanted you to okay. be a part of it. What so, else made you want to be a so, part of it? So, truthfully, I made a post-apocalyptic film. I was a director and cinematographer when I was, like, 18. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good. I liked it. I learned a lot. Uh, it was the first film I ever made. Um, but I thought, you know... What was it called? It was called... It's called Palace. It was uh, <laughs> way back in the day. And it was good. It was good for the, for the time, for, like, what I had... In my knowledge of, of um, tools and uh, in my knowledge of actually how to make things, it was really good. But I thought I want to make something like this, but better. And Mark came to me with this idea um, called Incognito. And I helped him kind of flesh out the ideas a little bit and talk mm. about it. And and then Mark came to me with a script and I was like, yeah, let's do it. It looks really cool. Yeah, there was definitely moments where we had an early script and mm. things worked, things didn't. Mm. And then I came to you. I remember I had the the final half of the film mm. written down on the whiteboard. Yeah. I told you, I was like, instead of doing this, we do this. And your reaction was, oh shit, that, yes, that's yeah. it. And I, from there, I was like, okay, we've got something. Yeah. Yeah, so. Back when the characters were called Beth and yeah. something yeah, else. Oh, God. The script has changed so much. Mm. Since, uh, it's, it's evolved. Who was I talking to? Oh, the, the previous podcast, Cody and Ella, they were asking me like, what was the early script? And it was insane. It was 15 minutes. Miles and Cyrus were brothers. It was all these different things yeah. that were in it. Yeah, yeah. And it changed right. a lot. And Change for the better, yeah. definitely. And now it's like the forty-five plus minute mm. behemoth the, it is now. The thing is, is that the script is only like twenty-five pages, yeah. so we're like our oh, thirty minutes. Yeah. But the way I directed it, the way we shot it, we're like it's a lot slower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And already in the edit, we're actually slowing it down even more. Yeah. Hopefully mm-hmm. not too slow, but it's getting to uh, a forty-five to, you minute need to film. Take, you need to take the time it needs to, to actually mm. tell a story, right? You don't want to rush it or anything. You don't I, think rush that, it. I think that's really important with this kind of bigger. Yeah, kind of long form we're making. Yeah. People say that making a film longer might be harder. It actually might be easier to uh, tell a story yeah. if you have a longer film, but it might be harder to make because it's yeah. longer. Yeah. I think it's easier because we don't have anyone breathing down our necks. Yeah, mm. yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, what made you want to be a part of this film? Um, I just really liked the the visual the visual things we could do with this. Like I thought it was really um, quite open for interpretation of how to visually shoot it and 
you know, the themes that we can approach with it and, and the camera work as well. Mm. It was quite, it's quite a visually heavy piece as well. So an um, emotional one. Totally. Too. Yeah. I mean, like going into it, I wanted to shoot most of it handheld because I mean, it just feels like, you know, you want the, the camera to be part of the audience. Almost. It's not part of the audience, like a character in itself. Yeah. So like having that handheld look, um, one, it makes it feel like the film's naturally uneasy because you, you're never locked down um, to one spot, but also like, it, it just makes the camera feel like a, a person yeah. viewing. There's a lot of emotion viewing. you can bring to just the camera alone. Totally, to Making yeah. it handheld to not making it handheld. Yeah. What is it? This is the... He's counting. I'm trying to think of the, what, what film this is that I've... This is... I think this is my sixth when you shot shot yeah, yeah. It's th- sixth oh, short film i've shot or this something is, like that and this is the third one we we'll work together as a director yeah and dp as well yeah so third I thought, one. Go- sorry third uh yeah um speed bump well yeah so yeah, of course so the two tape films we shot and then speed bump hitchhike from heaven and then yeah. Yeah. Speed bump. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah i also produced yes and this is the yeah. second film of actually where you've been producer i've directed yeah. and chris has shot yeah yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of the crews come from tafe mm. Al- yep. almost all the crews come from tafe and, and people we've, we've worked with over mm, the years. Through, through the networking mm. yeah yep. which is good i mean you build your own crew really totally yeah. it's great and not just crew just friendship yeah totally yeah. at the end yep. of this film there's so many people coming up to us just saying how much fun they had yeah yeah, yeah. it really was that because we weren't like because it was um quite low budget we had the option to really just kind of play around with stuff and do stuff that we wouldn't necessarily do on a, on a bigger film yeah um because we're so flexible with it because like you're not locked down to anything yeah so there's there's styles and choices i made that i wouldn't have made on other films just because you have that option what styles and choices like um i wouldn't shoot a film handheld entirely if if we were so like yeah because because when you shoot handheld you get a lot of imperfections and you need to do it you need to do more takes to Mm. to finesse those a little bit um and i wouldn't if i didn't have the time i wouldn't have done that but the fact that the film really called for it i think is important Mm. to actually through the script well remember remember you and i were going through the scene saying handheld for majority of it but then it came to the midway through the film where we slowed down the pace and there was a fireplace scene for example Mm. and instantly we're like we're going lockdown even that is is like it's locked but it's got a little bit of movement in it Mm. because it's I mean, guess you wanted that calmer feel. Yeah, for that. yeah, but it, it, like there are points in the film that I shot on a tripod. Um, mm. But but they called for that. Yeah, but like I think about ninety-five to eighty-five percent of the film is is um you handheld. Mean yeah, eighty-five to ninety. Yeah, sure, but yeah, you know, I like to go backwards. Yeah, um, what was your like uh, prep during during pre-production? Um, well, there's a and it's now cost money now, but there's is it, what's it. Shot deck, shot deck, yes. yeah. Our favorite uh, shot, shot deck. Shout out to shot deck. Um, yeah. I lost my subscription because of yeah, I know it right? was paid. Yeah, no. I lost yeah. my. I need to get one again. But um, shot deck is basically a a website, a, a website where you can go through existing cinema stills from other movies, quite and, high quality too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yep. can really upload every week. Mm. Um, it's they've got everything on. Not that. not yeah. sponsored, but seriously, not sponsored, check yes. it if you yeah. want to visually get into anything that's pretty pretty useful. Yeah, and it, it helps. Be- like you, you can make files on there and say like, okay, for Incognito or for this film or next next yeah. film, and you add them to those files. Mm. Yeah. Present yeah. it to a crew and be like, this is the style I'm looking for, yeah. and you have all these different shots. If you just want a nice background for like your computer from <laughs> it, it, a it movie, also does yeah. that as just well. do yeah. that as well. Yeah. That's literally why i subscribe to yeah. it mm. but that's what mark and i used to to get on the same page of how we were going to approach yep. this film so we knew from the get-go we wanted to shoot this in um was it 239 or scope so 239 yeah um 
and we want it to be widescreen and, and, and epic. Epic is not the word I'd use. It's like big. We want it to Definitely feel big. quite dramatic as well, which yeah. is cool. Um, and by doing that as well, we well as a director, I was trying to figure out what. Um, yeah, separated this from student films yeah. and not just by making it big or having more money, but by mm. the small things, yeah. whether it be acting, music, sound specifically yeah. as well, all these different things. Yeah. Well, I, I deliberately framed a lot of the film um, center to um, left or right weighted um, framing mm. just because like you've got this screen, it kind of works for it. Yeah. Um, especially the final scene, the, not the final scene, but the, the main big confrontation scene which yeah. I mean the film's not out yet but we know what you're talking about though yeah yeah, yeah. we're kind of like still figuring this all out so like it's a it's almost like a, a journey here of like what we what works what we, and what, what doesn't what works and what doesn't work yeah of course yeah. which is kind of cool I think cause mm. like the film's when's the film released Mark um, I'm not giving a specific date yet okay. of course um, main so reason is because it could of, be three years from now who knows we never know it'll definitely be it, 2022 there is I a there that. is a trailer so, so go check it out on the Cinema One channel. Go watch it. Go watch go it. Go watch it. Go um, watch it. Give link, it a gander. link in the description. Yes. Is that how me, that works, Mark? Yes. Remind me to do that. I will. I will. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, how did you shot deck to present this visual style to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I see color is a big one. I see color. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like every other out. person. <laughs> no, nah, but like looking at it, we, we knew we wanted it to be quite vibrant in its color. Yeah four parts of it and quite sat desaturated we're talking about greens blues a bit yeah um, you gave me a color graph sort of thing it was, yeah yeah, yeah. there's a different color spread of what we were looking yeah. for and we also shot it, a lot of it out outdoors which was a massive challenge because mm. like you've because we had such a low budget you really have to kind of just work with what you got work with what you've got right so you're at the mercy of the sun yeah, yeah. we didn't really have any diffusion at hand so yeah. No, nothing. It was, was it was bit... really just reflecting and, and bouncing and just committing to what we had, which was fine. I think um, in the grade, it's it's definitely fixed. There's there's things that I would like to do with, you know, 8x8s and 12x12s and stuff if I had it. But, oh, that's a, that's a phone. On oh, the, that's a six-pack. That's a carton of beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on a film set. Oh, I mean. But, yeah, I wanted to bring out, like, if I had the option, bring out 12x12s and, and, and egg fill and stuff to yeah. really shape the light. But we just didn't have that option. So it was really no, just committing. It works fine. I think um, for, like, 85% of the of the time it really works. There's some things that I, I would have liked to do differently. But, yeah, you know, that's always how it's going to be. Yeah, of course. And, now yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so what was the visual style you wanted to achieve with this film when you kind of, just before and when you got into production? I think regarding lenses, color, yeah. And that. Throughout the film, um, we I think Mark and I made it the call quite early on that we wanted to shoot the first half of the film on our wider lenses, and then as we get into the um, the meat of the the story, we we go into the longer lenses. So we're using mm. the twenty five and the fifty. We had yep. we had three. We had, we had four lenses. We used um a twenty. We used the SLR Magic APO primes. We used a twenty five, a fifty, and an eighty five. Yeah. Um, and then we had a Sigma eighteen to thirty five, which we used for like two or three shots here and there. Yeah. Um, and we shot it on the Ursa four point six k and the Pocket four k as well. Yeah. Um, a few things. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Um, Ursa is kind of my workhorse now, so that's the camera that I use the most, and it mm. has fantastic dynamic range which is something that was really important for yeah. for us who are your camera crew well we had it we had a few people um chris walker the the legend um, the legend chris walker the was first. Our, our first AC focus puller we had garathon um remember what's garath, garath. Western. yeah 
um, legend. You might want to cut out that last part. I definitely know his last name. Yep, flagged. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Amelia Morgan Delane was on for a few days as well. She was, yes. Yeah. We yeah. sort of had a rotating crew throughout. Because mm. you just mainly for the second camera assistant, I yeah. think. But Walker yep. was on it for pretty much all of it. Yeah, yeah he yeah, was he on was. it for all of yeah, it. Yeah, Walker and Gareth carried it through mm. the end. They really did. Dream team. And then we had um, Jack Roofley on lighting. Um, it was Gaffer, yeah. And and Dan, Dan on for lighting as well. Dan mm. the man. Dan the man. That was great. And Kyle was a and Kyle Kyle, grip. Kyle the key grip, the, the yeah. key grip, the absolute legend, yeah. Absolutely, I'm I don't. Man. Am I forgetting people? Kyle, we had Bailey on Bailey, best boy. Yeah, of course, the bestest of Dan boys. as well for, yeah. for briefly. Dan, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, all these people are um, absolute legends. Yeah, part of the camera and lighting. Literally, crew. couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. And um, these guys are just fantastic. And again, thank you so much for being a part of this yeah, film. Absolutely. Yeah, for free. If you listen to this, <laughs> yeah, next time, please. No, of do. course. But yeah, your visual style you wanted to achieve with this film. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, we wanted to go um, wider lenses, not yeah. necessarily wider shots. There are white these these wide shots sprinkled out throughout the film, which really kind of help um, establish the location. But um, what lenses do? As you use different lenses, they compress and um, what's the warp warp t- space? Not yeah, time. space time warp. Um, yeah. So so like. The 85 compresses it quite a bit. And, and I deliberately use that lens quite a bit towards the end to naturally kind of make the the characters feel more trapped mm. in their situation. And, and it just naturally makes it more dramatic. The 85 is, is one of my favorite lenses. But the 50 was the lens we used the most. Right. That was like our go-to. Yeah, of course. Um, and we shot it. Was it because of the fact we didn't really have a 35? Or? <laughs> no, no. I think... Even though we didn't have a 35 in the set... Um, Still would have focused on the 50 anyway. Yeah, like the, the 50 is just a... I, I prefer the 50 over the 35 just because um, I grew up using the 50 for the longest time and that's kind of like the lens that I've been used to and I can pretty much put a 50 on a camera and know exactly what I'm going to get with it. Yeah. A lot of people go to the 35 as their, their go-to, but yeah, I'm, I'm different. I'm weird. You're weird. Yeah. Um, but it gave us the, the 50 gave us enough compression to, to kind of like, because we, a lot of the times we were shooting in locations that had shit in the background mm. and like, like cars and stuff. We, we didn't want to show that because obviously it's the post apocalypse, but on a 50, you can get a bit of, um, you know, blow the background a little bit and it, and it's not, I don't, I hate a super blurred out background, um, if I can help it, but having the ability to kind of distort the background a little bit um, helps in hiding some of the mistakes or some of the things we things we just can't move yeah can't move which mm. is really really useful yeah of course and there'll like be cars. There's definitely like cars, cars yeah. there's literally cars in the background of the film but no one should notice it yeah because it, it's all blurred out it's blurred out it's mm. great because um, we were shooting outside a lot as well so long as nothing was moving because there was there were some times where we had cars moving in the background we just yeah. can't use those shots but yeah exactly or dogs or people but mm. yeah no, for the most part it worked out really well no it's good it's good what did you learn from making this film through your cinematography, working with this crew? Um, I think working with natural light mm-hmm. um, was a big one because I'm, I'm used to shooting indoors quite a bit. And when you shoot indoors, you can pretty much forge your lighting from whatever you've got. I mean, you've got to black out windows and stuff, but yeah. for the most part, you can bring what you need in. But it... we got someone scratching. Got dog out the back, but with the um with the you working outdoors in the sun, you've got to really kind of take stuff away or 
You got to commit to it. Commit to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a part in a quarry where we had full sunblast. Yeah. Full sun. And I think it wasn't too hot, but it was definitely... The first day, and at that point, we're just like, let's just commit to this overcast, like, harsher look. It's going to naturally... We we, we take that exposure and we, like, stop it down on the lens and it's going to give us this this more grittier feel. Which worked, I think, yeah. It definitely worked for the film. I know on the day that you didn't really like that harsh sun, but but I remember filming it going, yeah, you definitely grow on it. It feels realistic, and uh, I think that's pretty important with it. Of course, and for the scene, it calls for it too. It's a very intense scene, as we've seen. So, yeah, is that what you learnt? Yeah. Just working with natural light? Working with natural lighting. I think if you're going to shoot handheld, try and get an easy rig. Um, For the whole whole time, yeah. It helps Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, Or use a camera that doesn't weigh as much. Yeah. The the Earth is not that heavy of a camera, but how we had it rigged out, it was. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, it's good. What what did you learn working with a crew of this size, especially with your assistants who I know you've had in the past, but to this level of uh, commitment... Uh, like, what did you learn from that? I think what I already knew, which is you just got to delegate and um, really commit to trust in your crew. Like, with Chris Walker, the absolute legend. Like, I trust him with the camera, running the camera and, you know, doing all the, the stuff that needs to be done. Holding the camera. <laughs> yeah, like, absolute legend. So, I, I can just focus on, like, what I'm actually doing and what I need to, what yeah. shots I need to get, et cetera, et cetera. No, of course. Yeah. No, it's good. Just trusting your crew, really. Yeah, totally. Is, You've yeah. got to... And also working with Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, Who? Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Working with the, Mark, the director, it's... he, Mark, the, the director <laughs> right here. Um, yeah. Working with, with Mark, it's... it's um, You've just got to... You know, he's he's got his own shots that he wants and I've got the shots I want and you just got to come to a compromise. And I think mm. I've worked with Mark so many times now that it's we're just used to that and we know what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. I think I've done it if I mentioned before and something else, but I, I, I did say that, yeah, we've worked with each other so many times, especially over Speed Bump and yeah. Hitchhack from Heaven. This is our first major, major film alone yeah. as well independently yeah. that I trust you so much to the point where majority of this film, I haven't actually... I mean, I've seen the rushes, I've seen the shots yeah. on the day, but I'm all looking at like what the performance is doing and mm. I trust you so much with this shot and mm. I just let you go. Mm. Of course, there's a few shots here and there where I'm like, yeah, I want this and I want that. Mm. And honestly, I think I can point out maybe four shots in the, in the entire film where I'm like, yeah, these were my shots, everything yeah. else is rud. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a trust that we have. Yeah. And I hope that we can bring that in the future. And the other big thing I've learned is mm. like you're only getting stronger as you as a cinematography and they're getting stronger per film you do right there's there's shots that i don't like in this film there's shots that i didn't like in the last film but like you know you go you from, improved from that, film yeah. to film you're like i can you know I'm, I'm i can see that i'm getting better yeah which is good i mean i'm i'm looking at what i'm doing and improving on the things that i don't like which is kind of how you form a style mm. as well um, yeah like i went with me directing like now with this film i was very I was very uh, almost winging it, not yeah. winging it with what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do, but when it came to shots and certain things, I was yeah. like, all right, I'll trust everyone a bit more. Mm. Now for my next film, I might be like, all right, I might be a bit more specific. I yeah. Might be a bit more, yeah. I want this. And that was comes down to the script. Yeah. The script was has had a whole bloody fuck around with rushing it a bit and getting it done so we can get it made. Yeah. And because of that, some of my directing vision lacked a bit, but that that's what I've learned from yeah. this film. Yeah. No, of course. Do you have a favorite moment you had on set? Funny thing, just a very mm. serious thing that you overcame, a, a challenge? That's a good question. Give me anything. We've had a few funny moments I, on set. Dude, it's been so long, hey? Yeah. 
Um, we had Bass and Dean. We had the Quarry, Calamunda. Went to Two J. The, the, the um, God Two J. If Two J is one of your favorite moments, for the context of Two J, it was it was like what it was like 35, 40 degrees. It was, 40 it was late November, and oh, for God. majority of like late October, November, November in Australia, in Australia, <laughs> and we had like majority like I think low thirty to mid thirty sometimes. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. It was a freak. And then, hot weekend. And it was the one weekend where it jumped to 40 degrees yeah. in oh, both days. Terrible. <laughs> it was so hot. Yeah. Um, Three people with um, heat exhaustion. I know. That was so great. Had to send them all home. I know. Uh, and I remember Oscar and I sorry, looked at each Walker. other going, sorry, and I, sorry, Walker and Kyle. But I remember Oscar and I looked at each other just, just going, man, we cannot die here. Like, yeah. like, like we, us two, have it, to like it, stay alive. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, there was a point where I got knocked out as well, and I'm like, mm. Mark, yeah. just take the camera and shoot. The good thing was it was near the end. We literally yeah. had the last scene to do, if that, or like half the scene. Yeah. So we could really just pace ourselves out. That was and then scary. And I could kind of take over. Yeah. Um, but Oscar and I were like, oh man, if one of us just go down, then yeah. this whole thing's going down. Guys yeah. are like down, down the ship. Yeah, what no. was like the most terrifying about 2J is when you, Chris, walk up to me after we came back second day and you're like, Chris Walker's been throwing up on the way here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. oh no, they're dropping like flies. Yeah. And then like I was two hours. But after I, that, losing Chris Walker, we had Gareth step up and yeah. the yeah. man, the absolute legend. And then two hours later, we had Kyle go down. That's, that um, was not the, good. The great part about the camera team that we have was they both could do either role. Yeah. Um, and Gareth is a great focus puller as well. Oh, so absolutely, like, yeah. Gareth carried it with... He had the fun joy of doing that mirror shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Focusing yeah, no. through a mirror, yeah. Yeah, there was a mirror shot that Rough. I did at the last minute because we were running out of time and everyone's getting very hot. And I yep. originally, the the actor was meant to look out this, this, this window, then we see something, and then all this shit was meant to happen. And I was like, look, let's just do something simple and shoot... Through a mirror. Yeah. And then I, I pitched the idea Genius. on the day and everyone's like, yeah, sweet, let's do that. Mm. It was not easy. No. <laughs> it uh-uh. made it even more difficult. Yeah. And yeah. I, no, I feel it look, bad. It looks really cool. It looks great. And I think it works. We just need like to do, of course, yeah. improve the edit. Um, but on the day, it was like, it's easier. No, it's not easier. <laughs> not at all. Um, but yeah, did, did you have a favorite moment on set? Oh, I, I think um, the Knights and Wattle Grove. Um, like one of the, uh, the, the, the late, night shoots, the late yeah. nights, we're all just losing our minds. Yeah, mm. um, sleep deprived. Yeah, it was yeah, do you, do you, so funny. Anyway, everyone listens to the podcast. Do you ever just like have those late nights where you stay up very late at, at, at night? Of course, like a sleepover or something, and you just you start just going kind of low key mad with your friends. That's what it was like. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was it was me, Kyle Walker, and then I think Oscar. I think you were still pretty serious because you had to direct the actors. Oh, Even was, Oscar, Oscar was serious as well, but it was like most we the would ca- walk off by the camera crew, and we're all just like <laughs> laughing at the. Dumbest things <laughs> like there's a there's a there's a shot of Kyle the key grip just in front of the camera holding the uh, the, the lantern. fake lantern yeah, yeah we had his face is right up next to the lens because yeah. we um we didn't have a second on that day so Kyle was um slating doing all of our mm. uh, second AC stuff as well as gripping and <laughs> there's just moments where it's like clearly like loose that was the great thing about this film though is we didn't because we didn't have. It was more just like the fun of it, right? Yeah, so exactly. Like it was it was quite a fun experience to just go through, and and you know, I buttoned on on the camera, like I started rolling on on random stuff that yeah. was never intended for the edit, but it was yeah. just funny. And we have yeah. a solid blooper reel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a serious DP, but on this film, I mean, there was I like to be a little bit mm. less serious, and because we were with our cool. friends as well. Yeah, yeah there was one time in the warehouse where you buttoned on and then walked in front of the camera and yeah. was just mucking two, around. Like a two, two minute take. Yeah, we're like, I mean, the only I feel bad for the 
Gareth for doing the data wrangling because like we're oh shooting God, 128 yeah. gigs and we get 25 to 30 minutes per per mag. And there's like two shit. there's two minutes of just nothing useful. Yeah, oh, of God. you and bloody Jack just dancing in yeah. front of the camera. Uh, you know. And look, we, we like we we may sound not professional. We are we were very professional oh, on set sure, yeah. when we oh. needed to be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But of course, that, that one night that one night shoot. You've, was you've just, just like, it's, all, it's all about morale as well. Like you you've yep. got to keep the morale up and and as the HOD it's quite important that we do that and if you don't take yourself as seriously even though it's a stressful situation mm. especially well if Oscar's in this podcast right now this podcast would be derailing right now oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. us four together is a nightmare yeah. oh we're, yeah we're not there's it's like there's i mean a power and I look wait, while, while i do say a nightmare i was at the previous podcast with ella and cody they just said that the thing that they loved about working with us was just how long how well we got along yeah. we can be serious and get the job done but also have a good laugh and fun yeah throughout mm. it as well it's all about balance yeah, of course. What was that? It's just Atlas just ran across. Oh, nice. The Atlas dog. is the dog, Krishna's dog. We're, we're recording this at Krishna's house. The dog just ran out. Say yeah. hi, house. Hi, house. Okay. <laughs> no, I, That's what you said for me to say, that, Beck. Take that out. How do you flag um, on this? That's, that's cool. it. That's you just cool. press that, that's and then cool. now in the it makes, does software, it make, does it make a, it makes it makes a line telling me where oh, that's I flagged so it. cool. So I just I go need, to it. Can can it. cameras do that? That would be so cool. No, if cameras... no, that's too stupid? easy for you. You can make it more difficult for cameras. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Just slate it whenever there's a problem. Yeah. Exactly. Let's put your hand in front. Yeah, black magic next to us, or if you can make it so you can do that, that'd be awesome. No, but Shout like, like imagine if they actually got that feature, you would be so caught up in like. No, I'm talking. I'm talking for documentary stuff. Uh, for documentary uh, stuff when you're just shooting like a long take and you like, you like you want to cut a specific or you want to you want to make a specific point like noted for the editor you can just that'd be cool yeah, yeah. but you would be so caught up in actually doing that that you wouldn't be focusing mm. on what you're shooting this is true yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly yeah. anyway is there anything else you would like to talk about regarding cinematography christian um, we can talk about color grading Yes, yeah, color grading. You also you are also color grading this yeah, film. Yeah. Um, um, do you? What's your visual style plan for that? Has it actually has it changed since since you were made uh, since you pitched it to me early on? Just on a technical note, I guess we we were not shooting raw, which we're shooting ProRes. What is it four two two HQ yes, yes. or four four four? Yeah. Um, no, definitely four four four. It's not four four four. Um. So ProRes is is a big codec it's this, this is gonna, this is gonna sound nerdy as hell but no to say it, this is what it's for the nerds this <laughs> podcast is for the nerds for the nerds man <laughs> title of the podcast for the nerds um this uh, prores is quite a uh, it's a codec designed to be um it's not as intensively you can get a lot more space basically it's mm. not as strong of a codec as raw raw is you're recording absolutely everything that the camera can do mm. all that data going to the camera which of course raw is compressed uh, prores is compressed right but mm. it still gives you enough to grade with and i'm i've graded with prores for the majority of it of, of my color grading career um but because we didn't have raw there's only so much i can do mm. that being said like um in terms of color color correcting there's a lot of correcting with like just trying to get the exposure right because we shot out, out um exterior stuff so you've got to bring down the highlights quite a bit if if the take during a take a cloud comes over you have to bring the shadows up and such, and such. yeah of course but um but like prores gives you that flexibility totally, while yeah, not yeah, being yeah. too um overpowering with the yeah. storage yeah um but uh in terms of like an actual style I want for a lot of the film, especially towards the start, to be quite vibrant, and then towards the mid of the film, be a little bit more contrasty and saturated. Mm. 
And then the end of the film is obviously quite vibrant again. Yep. So it kind of goes through a process. But also, like, because this film is a, a journey, there's a lot of different location changes with different kind of textures and, like, exposures in, like, just the the, um, the landscape. Yeah. So it's really trying to enhance that and, and bring it to a point where you can see the characters are physically making progress and where they're going. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Because like it's... Um, Very subtly with the grain, of course. Yeah. We, Not we, just with the uh, shots and stuff, but yeah. you can do it through colour. Yeah. And we, we go from um, we go from quite greens to, to darker colours mm. as well. And there's, there's a lot of different colours in this. But it's very natural in its its color palette, which yep. is yeah, like browns, greens, oranges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Anything else you wanted to talk about? What was your inspiration for, like, visual inspiration for this? Like, what sort of movies did you want to inspire? You know? Get inspired from? I yeah, think, yeah. Okay. Have homage. Going from the start, Mark really wanted to incorporate rogue one uh as an emotional like just the emotional beats of rogue one and ideas mm. and the that. look but also there's literally a scene that first inspired from yeah. rogue, one, rogue one into four so so naturally visually i kind of attached to that a little bit what, um, what scene was that i uh, won't don't i won't say it on this podcast i do say it on the documentary yeah but if i do mention that it would technically kind of spoil a part of the film yeah, okay because quite it's that big moment in the incognito yeah generally rogue one was quite a big oh. inspiration um i know Jarhead, uh, movie, yes, a movie yeah. called Jarhead um, that Roger Deacon shot. Mm. That um, is quite handheld based. So mm. naturally, I kind of because I was shooting this entire film handheld, or like the vast majority handheld. I yeah. wanted to kind of a good eighty five percent of it. Yeah, so we're, um, we're we were shoulder rigged for a lot of this, right? So like I kind of took the inspiration from that, as well as um, I kind of like Sicario a little bit with mm. the with the lighting and and and. Um, how they shot that stuff outside in the exterior. They shot it quite harsh. Mm, Deacon, very harsh. They shot it quite harsh with this lighting. So I, I naturally did that for this as well. Yep. Um, what's the... Is it a film you're thinking of? Or? No. There's like the... You've got your... Because um, like a lot of Aussie films have got quite harsh lighting. Yeah, they're very because, gritty. Yeah. Because... It's Australia. Because <laughs> yeah. for some reason, the sun is like 10% closer to the... I don't know. The sun's no, bigger it, here. And it's because we don't have an ozone layer. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I should probably know that then. Yeah. yeah but, because but, the UV and whatever. It's we we just here. don't get cloudy days as much. So you've really got to commit to that harsher look. Yeah. Um, so we, we just did. Yeah, of um, course. But, we also but, shot a lot under like trees and stuff to get yeah, the well, Yeah. So because yep. so, we ended up shooting... Um, in the afternoon quite a bit so like at, at high noon high noon yeah at direct midday you've got your sun's directly overhead so you really don't want to shoot directly in that it's just going to look like crap so yeah. what i did because didn't have all the the textiles and stuff to work around it was just put the scene under a tree or something to give it that like texture it's a on free the cookie faces. exactly yeah and it, it gives it just a bit more interest in the in the visual kind of lighting of it all mm. visual lighting in the lighting of it um, yeah just because you got to really get away with what you can get away with 
Um, as opposed to the audio lighting. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. audio lighting is really important. Yeah, of course. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. But but also like in the fight scene because we shot over two days, um, the lighting's a little bit all over the place. But because we shot it under shade, it's not as noticeable, which is good. No, of course. And that's, I mean, yeah. as a textbook, it's not the like in the perfect world, you'd set up your frames and stuff and get your diffusion going to really have control over it. But if you don't have those, then you've just got to send it mm. with what you've got. Were there any other films other than Rogue One? That inspired uh, you for the visual look. Yeah. Okay. Was a bit of the Revenant there, or Revenant to an the Revenant in in its shot size, but yep. not so much. Like the Revenant's a big film; it's quite mm. wide. So there's a lot of that in it, um, but not in the the camera movement so much. No, of course. But, but yeah, because so the, Revenant, the Revenant was quite smooth and it's, yeah. it's quite gimbally. Yeah, very gimbal Yeah, I didn't want that gimbal look. No, um, a very flowy, water-almost look yeah, to the camera yeah. or feel to it. it. It's it's like just, yeah. We want something gritty. And even though, yeah, the Revenant's gritty is more gritty on like what's... The Revenant's look- very beautiful in how it's shot, right? Because uh, Shivo is a legend. Mm, Shivo is... Shivo, Sh- how you say it? Shivo. Shivo is Emmanuel Lebeski. Emmanuel Lebeski. He shot the cat in the hat. He did. Fact. He did shoot the cat in the hat. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Though Shivo... Sorry, Emmanuel. I, I think it's offensive to call him Shivo. I mean, I... Emmanuel Lebeski is just a freaking god. He's a genius. He's the so secret genius that no one ever know talks yeah. about. Not enough anyway. Hey, Emmanuel Lebeski is, is who I want to be. Mm. Or Deacon. Everyone says Deacons. And I, I think Deacons is great. Deacons is the, the Hans Zimmer for... Greg s- Fraser. Greg Fraser. Greg Fraser. Oh, the man. Greg, if, if no one knows what Greg Fraser's done... Um, there's uh, this small film go, called The Batman. Go and watch The Batman, June, and Rogue One. Yep. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Lion. Greg, Greg Fraser's like the... the, the the new go-to. The new Deacons. Yeah. But no, that's a disrespect to Deacons because obviously Deacons is one of, no, probably the best living De- Deacons right is now. just the, the John Williams yeah. of cinematography. Deacons is, Deacons Greg is Fraser the, is Deacons like his Hans Zimmer. Is, Deacons is the closest we have to a, like a household name, yeah. DOV, a cinematographer. From Australia as well. Gotta love it. No, Deacons isn't from Australia. Deacons. No, no, oh, sorry. I was talking about Greg Fraser. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. naturally... In would, my, actually, yeah, would like they be inspirations? Well, yeah, I mean, like, so... Also, I, I took a lot of inspiration for photography um, hmm. from this as well, um, just in the general stills of it all, because I really wanted to show the landscape and incorporate the landscape as a character. So, so visually, we're just going to these wide shots, um, yeah. and they're they're quite impactful because it's one getting the characters from A to B, and it's also showing their progression and their journey. So, like the photography, I've been a on and off landscape photographer. Not I've been a hobbyist landscape photographer, but um, I've shot landscapes for a long time, so incorporating that into my work as well. So yeah, incorporating the um, the let my landscape photography into it. So there's also like you, you can shoot a landscape on a 50 mil and it gives it a completely different look. Yeah. Um, as opposed to shooting it on a 25 mil. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I well, had, did you have an inspiration from cinematography? Um, like, what did from you, the directing? Like when you were writing it, writing the script, what was your like? What was you? What were you thinking? Yeah, actually, yeah, I can answer. I can answer this differently. So, first off, Rogue One, of course, was definitely yeah. the biggest part of it. Just that gritty style to it, feeling big. But even though it's a Star Wars film, it doesn't feel actually as big as other Star Wars films. Yeah, that's the, that's the fantastic thing about Rogue One. Um, but actually, even though it's in the movie, The Last of Us, past part one and yeah, two video yeah, games, okay. were definitely a style that I was interested in. Um, that was more the tone, which I can talk about eventually, mm-hmm. but. Um, when it came to yeah style of it, there's definitely shots and moments where I'm like, okay, they've they've shot it like this, or they've 
they've cut to this or they've held on this a lot longer than I thought they would. And mm. the, the game, especially part one, is... Actually, no, yeah, both part one and two are very cinematic yeah. games. And they you can quite literally just, without even playing the games, you can watch the entirety on YouTube mm. and be like you're watching a movie, even mm. though it's a game kind of thing. And yeah. It's just... that That's the definitely... That, that's what I was thinking of a lot when I was writing yeah. this. Not just for tone, but yes, the visual style for it too. Yeah. I think there's actually a lot of um, inspiration you can take from video games as well. Of course. Oh, yeah. not, not a lot of people talk about video well, games I mean, when it comes to inspiration. The, yeah. the Last of Us 1 and 2, I mean, they're basically just playable movies. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Like, it's like Uncharted it, as well. Yeah. 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 They're I, that, just so gorgeous. When, we yeah. first, when I first auditioned Cody and Ella, I was like, um, for their homework, just watch Last of Us Part yeah. 1 and 2. As their homework, and Cody's like, "Great, this is awesome." They just get to watch video games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, like, just yeah, that was a big inspiration for yeah. me regarding it. Yeah. yeah, did like for both of you, um, for location scouting with when, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, when we were doing pre-production, sourcing locations. When you got to the locations that we picked, yeah, did that sort of did that influence how you wanted to shoot the movie? Yeah, it always does, lot, right? Yeah. Um, because you've got to work with what you could envision something completely different in your head, but when you actually like realistically step onto the location or like the potential location, you have to think how is it going to work. For me, the the warehouse quote unquote location yeah. was the, in in the script. I wrote down this big warehouse location, which is the big bad Cyrus's lair per yeah. se. Yeah, and our location wasn't necessarily a warehouse, but more of a big multi-acre. Property, like a farm, a yeah. farm, pretty yeah. much. But I, it, it it worked because it was quite like it was um, abandoned, pretty much. It was, abandoned. It was also it was, like a storage. Yeah, it was, yes. it was abandoned, but also like it was quite um overgrown. Its look, yeah, and it mm. looks very pleasant. And during that, during the time we were shooting, it was quite um overcast and rainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very yeah. It just gave it that very dreaded look. To yeah, it. and because of that, it quite a, it very much adjusted where we shot because we had a lot of options to shoot it. Yeah, shoot mm. in this location. Um, but also how we shot it, where we shot it, yeah. and how I even did blocking in the script yeah. was a lot different. Getting onto set, you've really got to pay attention to where the light's going to be as a, as a DOP, where the light's going to be, where yeah. your power is. Not so much for a DOP, but for a gaff, or how you're going to do power. I've got to think about like how we're going to source power, how I'm going to light it. If there isn't light there, how are we going to bring that light in and make that work? And if there is light when can we shoot certain parts of the day and sometimes you're because we're such a low low budget you've got to work with the actors availabilities and schedules and sometimes you just don't have the option to use the light you'd want no of course so you've just got to work with it right so it's all about compromising the the more the more even there's the like the higher budget stuff you've still got to compromise and you know, mm. there's always something that's going to go wrong totally yeah i love that one of my favorite things was um on corridor crew and visual effects artists react mm. They had one of the visual effects guys from The Boys, on like mm. season two especially, on there. And for a big... I mean, TV shows are different, but still on a big budget, multi-million dollar bloody show, they still run out of time. Yeah. And there was this big scene with all these actors and they were like, shit was happening. And they were like, we're running out of so much time that we literally had to compromise things, but also cheat things. So we had to do it. And that inspires me as a, as a uh, actor, as an actor, as a director, but not just a filmmaker to say, even though we're on a, film with a very low budget and still learning um we can um <laughs> even though we're a very low budget and yes we've got to compromise because of low budget even if you have multi-million dollars you still would have compromised totally yeah absolutely we're on the yeah. same boat i now. think i think um i heard this on 
film right but it's like the more money you have nothing really changes right you've still mm. got you know the more you've still got the mm. problems you'd have on a low budget film it's all just bigger and exactly you can do more make stuff. it more crew you can do bigger things yeah and yeah you can probably you probably because of those things you've got to plan more but still planning enough still has to you need your plans yeah. b c to d as well yeah absolutely mm. but, yeah that's what I learned on this film, thinking on the fly a lot yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's very yeah. much just like, okay, if you can't do this, let's do this instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or... Yeah. You have to be organized. Mm. You have to yeah. be able to compromise. You have to just go with the flow. Absolutely. But and by doing that as well, going with the flow, your crew has to go with you. Yeah. yeah. And if they're committed, then they will. And yeah. everyone was so committed. Yeah. You have to no, be very was... diplomatic as well. Yeah. Mm. Bring up a subject and make sure it's, you know. You've got to be understanding as well. Yeah. Like, I think working with Oscar... Um, I think the DP and the first lady have a, a relationship of kind of just stepping on each other's toes. And Oscar and I have done it so many times at this point. We're used to it. Mm. Yeah. But it's just like you've I'm, got to... Sometimes I'm the middleman as well. Exactly, right. Where I'm going to make yeah. that final call. But or there's, kind of there's, some, there's some shots we've got that like... It would, be better have a, it would be better to have a different shot, like a closer shot basically. Mm. But we just didn't get on the day and like... Is what it is, right? It is what it is. You've, like, yeah, like, you've just got to make compromises. And... Yeah, you can you can point fingers, be like, oh, I didn't think of that as the director or we had no time and we blame it on Oscar. Yeah. But it gets to the point where you just can't point fingers because it's almost no one's fault. Yeah, you, we, you we just, just can't. It's just it's what it is, right? It yeah. is what it is. I think that's... That's also fun as, as an editor, as a director and as a filmmaker is working with what you've got yeah. as well. Mm. I think one of the other things I've learned is when I'm in a situation where I'm running out of time, I'm just going to go... And resort to just getting close-ups because at least you can cut a scene around with close-ups but shooting wider shots for the sake of them being nice shots sometimes just doesn't work no, of course yeah that's but, good yeah, you learn from what you've got right yeah we you, all, we you live learn. and you learn yeah, live and you learn yeah. yeah live and let die get busy living or get busy dying a bucket of honey so so uh, sequel mark sequel what about a sequel are you making a sequel? You want to... Yeah. You I mean, Ella also wants a sequel. Ella yeah. wants a sequel more so, than anyone. So, absolutely. Look, I, I just want to shoot a sequel. I think I if, if given the... We, we did my documentary interview and Christian's like, we have to do a sequel. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, buddy. I only made the first one, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to make I, the first one still. Well, I know, but I think like... I you, mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of... like Visually, it's like a, there's so many different things you can do. Yeah, of course. I reckon if we make a sequel in three years, yeah, no, that no, that would like, be great. It's, mm. it's like not like something we want to do straight. I don't, I don't yeah. want to shoot Absolutely again. Not. I don't want to for do, a while. Yeah, I don't want to make a sequel because we can. No, yeah. exactly. Make a sequel we, we, because we have. to. I think almost. this this story is. If, if, this, I think what I mean. What I mean about that is that the story we have to tell for the sequel has to be better, if not more impactful. Yeah, totally. Yeah, some, you, something like that has to be. That being said, I also that. think that the the story is almost half said. Like you've got a you've you've got a in a bow, and it's very neatly packed into its own film, right? Mm. But I think there's a lot more about the world you can tell, yeah. and I think that's a really cool place to be. Mm. And not just about the world, but the characters as well. Yeah, I think the bow's half tied. I think so as well. I think yeah. you've just done. Yeah, we've done one half the bow. We've got to do another. We've done another, one another one um when you bunny ear. One bunny ear. Yes. I mean, when you see the film, you'll understand. But but yeah, I think there's definitely there's a lot, lot of potential, a lot more that can be said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's really. We've got cool. ideas. We've totally. Yeah. About multiple things, and but again, I don't want to 
make a film. I don't want to write a sequel and just be like, cool, we'll do, I've got this, let's do no, it. No, yeah, you yeah. really need, I think it needs to be, it needs to be very different as well. It needs to be very different. Yeah. You want to baby it. Naturally, like when we shoot it, I want to shoot it quite differently as well. Like, I want to shoot it differently. I, I, I want to direct I, it differently. I want to be very specific with how I do a few things. I think it's going to be, I think I'm going to shoot it, if, if we do it, I'm going to shoot it like um, very much gimbal, very much like oh, yeah. steady cam. It's like, oh, yeah. it's quite smooth. Yeah. Maybe oh, a bit of arms. Yeah. Like jib arms or cranes? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd love to. <laughs> like there was like the buffering. It, 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 yeah. No, I was, you said arms and I was like, yeah, I, I use my arms to carry a camera. <laughs> Don't really? we all? I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you're using your feet to carry a camera, is it? Mm. Yeah. I, I do. Do is you? Is a problem? I think so. Um, but, Are you being biased? Well, look, I'm just saying, if you're going to try and operate with feet, then you might want to... Okay, Quinton, calm down. On that note, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to oh, this please, episode. Please, can we not end it like um, is there anything else you two would like to talk about regarding cinematography for Incognito? Eh, no, just watch the film when it's out. Um, watch it with your eyes. You know, just yeah, watch it with your eyes and your ears. It's very important. Yes, of course, with the ears. Yeah. Sound yeah. should be fantastic. I feel, I feel like a, a primary school teacher. But just, you know, I mean, we're all kind of, these podcasts are coming out as we're working on the film. So things, mm. things will change, things will evolve, and, you know, you can all tune in to us kind of, experience it experience it as we are which yeah, is really cool experience yeah. it but also learning what we're learning as well totally right absolutely it's like that's the great thing about learning is like if you don't admit that you're like the best in the world or you're you're amazing you can fail and i think failing is such an important part of, mm. of anything but in terms of like actually learning as a filmmaker it's yeah. really important to fail gotta, not like, that we have failed in this but like you've we've got you know we've got the victories and we've got the lose the losses right yeah and course. you've just gotta you know it's all part of it yeah you know? there's, there's moments in the film when we sit down looking at that at the edit going we wish we did this yeah. better or differently yeah it's always, it's, it's always the case but like yeah. that's why you you progress and you evolve the film and you you add and cut stuff as you go and mm. and we're in a position where we can do that and it's great that we have you know we can reshoot stuff and we can add and we're friends in. as well to the point exactly where we right. can we can say we don't like that and not get offended because we're yeah. that's how we work and like yeah i'm the we trust I'm, each other i'm like an owner operator so i've got all the gear to do it as mm. well so we don't have to go and rent out a camera every time we want to shoot we can just you know it's, it's great the of course. great yeah, part of it yeah we're yeah. just piggybacking off you man <laughs> yeah that's basically <laughs> with it. my like arsenal of gear it's fine it's all, all, all part of it, right? Yeah. yeah. We like you because you have a camera. That's it. Yeah. And with I, that, <laughs> with that, and with that, thank you for listening to this episode of the Simmer One podcast, the Incognito series. Do you have a number? Is number two of the Incognito <laughs> series? number two, but I'm not going to do like a number thing. Oh, you're not doing a number thing? No. No. Oh, it's kind of boring. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Simmer One podcast. Episode two. My name <laughs> is Mark Aldridge. This has been Christian Wright and Rebecca Ashmore joining me. Hi. Regarding cinematography for Incognito, thank you for listening and we'll catch you later. Welcome. Bye.